the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Good to be with you today. And later on the program, I've got a major announcement. tell you about that later in the next hour it is open line friday and you can join the conversation and you can uh, give me a call at 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 on fridays you can call and change the subject call about anything you want bible questions something in the news something else on your mind 888-528-2557 today we're going to start by talking about all of this uh this media brouhaha over uh, Elon Musk banning a couple of reporters from Twitter. Elon Musk is suspending the Twitter accounts of at least half a dozen reporters, including journalists from CNN and Times. Elon says they were putting him and his family in danger by sharing an account that tracks his private jet. So you probably hear about Elon Musk on uh, Twitter. And I know that, uh, you know, statistically speaking, most of us are not on the Twitter machine. I am. You could follow me at Scott Furrow if you'd like. But uh, he bought Twitter with $44 billion of his own money with the idea that he's going to open it up to free speech. And uh, there's a lot going on at Twitter showing uh, some pretty serious things today, actually even came out a little while ago about uh, the the relationship that the old Twitter regime had with the FBI uh, in shutting down particular accounts that uh, maybe just for um, for ideological reasons were shut down. So Elon Musk is coming on those on there and saying we're not going to shut down anybody for ideological reasons. Uh, and they're working on all of that. So the controversy, though, if you're watching this is today's controversy. There's there's various controversies, all right? But today's controversy is that uh, Elon Musk suspended about eight reporters for essentially reporting on his banning of another account. The other account's called Elon Jet, and he also banned the account of the uh, the guy who runs Elon Jet. Elon Jet is a, is a website with that. And what it does is it follows along his aircraft wherever he is. I don't know if you've ever been to these aircraft websites. You can track any plane. It's a, it's a interesting thing. The thing is, is that you don't know who's on those planes necessarily, but this one is tracking one of Elon Musk's private jets. So it's kind of personal, right? And it's tracking his whereabouts. Well, initially what he had to say for Twitter was that eh, that's going to be allowed to stay. That's fine. But but what happened is apparently, according to Elon Musk, it was used by someone to follow him around town and they harassed who they thought was Elon Musk. It wasn't actually Elon. It was Elon's son who was in the car and with another person. And uh, Elon was not there. Uh, his two-year-old son was in the car. And uh, supposedly this person uh, jumped up on the hood of the car and uh, started uh, harassing the driver. The driver got out and took a picture of uh, this person and who kind of was dressed in like Antifa-type attire, black hood and a mask and all of that, and uh, got his license number. And he's threatening legal action, Elon Musk is. Here's a question for you as we talk about this. Should we keep people's whereabouts private? Like what part of our information, even if you're a famous person or a public figure, but what about just any one of us, 
what should be private? Should people's addresses and phone numbers be public information or should that be private? How do we how do we deal with that? That, I think, is a good part of this conversation. You can call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. Elon Musk uh, shared the reason on Twitter about what started this change in his thinking about the accounts and policies. He tweeted this. He said, last night, a car carrying Little X in L.A., uh, that's a, a nickname for his son, uh, and I'll explain the son's name in just a minute, A car carrying Little X in L.A. was followed by a crazy stalker thinking it was me who later blocked the car from moving and climbed onto the hood. Musk tweeted later, legal action is being taken against Sweeney and organizations who supported harm to my family. Uh, Sweeney being the um, the people who uh, put out that information. Now, his his son's name, you know, Elon Musk does not have a typical uh, family. His son's name is XAshA12. That's his name. That's his actual legal name, XAshA12. It's a boy. What's his name? The doctor said, and and uh, apparently Elon said XAshA12. And they said, okay then, <laughs> and said, uh, why don't you write that down on the uh, the form? I don't know what kind of a name is that. It's uh, it's literally the letter X, and then it is a um, it's A-E, but it is an old English literature way of representing uh, – a. here's the definition. You ever see the, the A-E that's like pushed together? If you're reading something in Old English or Shakespeare or something, you see something that A-E that's just shoved together. You'll see them in like your old King James Bibles even. Uh, it represents a, a sound like the sound in ash. I think people will pronounce it as ash. That's how he pronounces it actually. And then A-12. And uh, the letter A dash twelve. So the boy's name is X A E at the ash symbol A dash twelve. He said this. uh, Elon Musk explaining the names. He said, first of all, my partner is the one who mostly came up with the name. So they got some stuff in common, I guess. Musk said of uh, the name. He says, I mean, it's just the letter X. The letter X, and then the A E is pronounced ash, and then A twelve was my contribution. And he went on to say that A twelve stood for Archangel twelve which is the precursor to the SR-71, the coolest plane ever. You know what the SR-71 Blackbird is? If you're listening up in the uh, Antelope Valley area, you know, when I grew up as a, you know, I was about to say when I grew up as a kid, as opposed to when I grew up as an old man. When I grew up as a child, the SR-71 flew overhead, like flew over our school every day. I, I grew up in the Antelope Valley. And uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing, still really one of the coolest aircraft. Well, the A-12 was what uh, was the precursor to that. And, uh, okay, that's the kid's name. Anyway, we're just living in strange times. It's going to get weirder as our show goes on today. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. It's Open Line Friday. You can call and join our conversation here, or you can uh, change the subject if you've got something on your mind. 888-528-2557. As uh, the news media all morning long has been talking about this, because there is a certain offense that went on that Elon Musk suspended these eight supporters. This is Kevin Cork on uh, Fox News this morning going over uh, the tweets that caused the problem. He said they posted my exact real-time location, basically assassination coordinates, in obvious direct violation of Twitter terms of service. He later tweeted this, if anyone posted real-time locations and addresses of New York Times reporters, FBI would be investigating. There'd be hearings on Capitol Hill and Biden would give speeches about the end of democracy. 
And how about this? A Twitter poll that he put out there asking, okay, how about these uns- how about these uh, accounts? Should I unsuspend them, you know, like now? Or maybe I should wait seven days. A lot of people weighed in, and the majority who weighed in said he should actually unsuspend those accounts right now. So there's a lot of controversy about whether anybody should be banned for anything, even uh, some of the worst hate speech or uh, violent threats or things like that. Certainly there is a line to it. And so the question that really is being debated here is, is there a line to be drawn when somebody puts out personal information that could lead to undermining the safety of a, a person who is on there? Um. And I think about that from the context of uh, you and I, how much of our information, all of it, all of your information, I hate to tell you, is out there. It's on the web. It is everywhere you go. Your information is accessible to so many people because of computers and and what happens today. Um, It's just there. Somebody uh, called me a while ago. We may do a story on this later about uh, the privacy that you have. You know, when when you sign up for a new software and you get the the terms of agreement, and it's multiple pages of, of legalese and all this stuff. You know, if you want to freak yourself out, read that. It basically says, we own everything that you give us. Your name, your social security number, all of the different stuff. And everybody just clicks OK. I mean, hardly anybody reads it. And if you do read it, you're going to panic. But the thing is, is that that's been, uh, that's been done a long time ago. That, that ship has sailed. There's probably some things you can do to begin to you know, prevent some of your information from being out there. But we live in this... This digital world where it doesn't mean that eyeballs are on it because computers are doing it, okay? But it is a – it's just a fascinating world that we live in. And the world, the way it is, now that there are always cameras just about anywhere you go, you know, people have cameras on their doorbells and they've got cameras on the side of their houses and most businesses have cameras. There's street cameras. There's just it's, – it's hardly ever that something happens that's not on camera, you know, unless you're in that uh, – we're in Idaho, in Moscow, Idaho, that terrible tragedy happened up there. Almost everything is filmed. In fact, they do have some video that's coming out of certain cars driving by they're looking at. It's an incredible world we live in. But what happens when somebody exploits that data to track you down and to harass you in different places? Well, that's what Elon Musk is saying. So Elon Musk changed his mind on Elon Jet, which is the service that tracked his jet, um, and he banned some reporters from CNN, Washington Post, and New York Times. He banned them because they basically reported on the story. So what they did was they they reported on the Elon Jet story, but in their report they linked to the Elon Jet story, which then linked to his personal information. So what Elon Musk is arguing to these reporters is, I know you didn't, you weren't the one who doxed me. It's called doxing. Okay, you probably hear that term also. Doxing is when Somebody, for reasons to harass you, decides to publish your phone number or your address or ways for people to call you. All right. So this happens. I mean, imagine if somebody was upset with you and they just published your phone number everywhere and you couldn't get your phone to stop ringing. Right. That would be what happened. Or people start showing up at your house. And this happens. This happens to uh, this is what led to ultimately the assassination attempt on the Supreme Court justice this summer. Justice Kavanaugh. This is what has happened to several people where all of a sudden you see people marching outside of politicians' homes or other people's. They got doxxed. Everybody got their home address and went to their house. Should that be allowed? Should we, I mean, culturally speaking, should we have that information just available? Should, should people who put that information out there, should they be banned from Twitter or social media? Should there be some kind of 
punishment for that? What do you think? 888-528-2557. And where does it go? Like, how far does that go? Does it go into uh, all, you know, we used to do something really interesting in this culture that we don't really do anymore. We used to publish everybody's name and address and throw it on your porch. And it was this big book. And uh, you might have sat on this book to give you some height as a little kid. It was called the phone book. And you had the white pages and the yellow pages. Some of you are old enough to remember this. And if you needed to know somebody's phone number, you would go. And if you if you wanted a business number, the first place you would go is the yellow pages, which, by the way, just turned into Yelp. Did you know that? That's what Yelp is, yellow pages. That's an interesting thing. Huh? So uh, yellow pages, that would be businesses. Of course, they had to pay for that advertisement in there to get in yellow pages. But then you had white pages. And in some cities, you would have these in the same book. In a bigger town, you'd get two different books. One would be literally white paper, and the other one would be literally yellow paper. And uh, I'm explaining this for, uh, you know, everybody who is, what, under 40, probably. Maybe you've never seen this or ever used one. Anyway, your name would be published. It would just be there. Now, it's not the same. You couldn't just go easily search for it. And you can't – you could – they probably did – I think they did publish some uh, directories that started with the address, and then you'd find out who lived there. Um, but mostly it was by last name and first name. And some people wouldn't have the address. Some people wouldn't be listed at all. It was called – being unlisted. You would have an unlisted number. That's what it was called. And you had to pay extra for that. Otherwise, all of your information of where you live and what your phone number is, uh, is published. And back then you had one, one phone number. It was in your house. That was the number. And when you went to work, you probably had a work phone number that would not get published anywhere except a business directory somewhere. You know, should we do that? Should, what do you think about this? Let me make it even more personal. What about like church directories? Should we be just without permission giving out people's addresses, even to people in our own church? Should we be giving out people's addresses and home numbers to people that we work with? Maybe you have an intercompany directory of, of people's numbers. Do you feel like any of this is a privacy violation? I think our thoughts have changed on this because of the world that we live in. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to chime in. 888 2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That's because this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, uh, 888-528-2557. All right, so the reporters are upset because they are getting banned from Twitter and be for basically reporting about a story about somebody who got banned from Twitter. Twitter has something called Twitter Spaces. This is something that's relatively new in the social media world where there are some new social media apps and uh, Twitter and some other groups are trying to adapt this into their existing program that's just all audio where you can actually sort of go into a, a room and have conversation. And so on Twitter, there's something called Twitter Spaces. It's just audio. And Elon Musk appeared in one of these spaces that was put on by reporters wanting to know what the new rules are. And uh, this is what he had to say in there. Now, he's speaking to one of the reporters who was banned and others who are upset about the fact that reporters were banned. Here's what he said. Showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate. And I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done put to them. And, and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, so-called journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just you're, you're a Twitter you're your citizen. Um, so uh, no special treatment. Um, you dox, you dox, you get suspended. 
End of story. That basically is what he kept repeating in this audio recording, that if you dox people, you get suspended. It doesn't matter if you're a reporter, and it doesn't matter if you are just repeating or retweeting what somebody else did. If you're a part of it, you're going to get suspended. And um, it's it's an interesting part of our world today that this is even something we have to talk about. The reporters that were listening to this, they kept coming back at him, trying to find exceptions and nuance to what happened. You know, basically, they write a story about Elon Jet, which is the account that actually doxed him, apparently. And then they link to the story in their news story with the same link that doxed Elon Musk. And he's saying, I'm banning you for that because you did the same thing as they did by reporting. But it's it's controversial, right? Because if you're a journalist and you're going to report something that happened, you have to, you're better off if you're giving your sources, if you can point to it, right? Because you don't want to say, well, this person doxed Elon Musk, Musk and, or somebody, and then somebody says, I don't believe you. Well, you need to have the receipts. You need to be able to say, nope, here it is. And that's something that good journalism, which is rare, but something that you have to have. You've got to be able to point to it somewhere. Okay. And uh, are you tracking with me here? This is what this conversation is about. So they're pointing their, their, what the journalists are saying is that they're pointing the reader to the source. But here the controversy is what if the source is endangering the person? And so linking it in your reporting of the, the situation is doing the same thing. And uh, Elon Musk called it assassination coordinates. So he was afraid for his life and he was afraid here for the life of his child. Reporters kept pushing back at him. And then, but here's where I think there became, there got to be something interesting. And it's at the very end here. These are reporters pushing back at Elon Musk right here. It's no more acceptable for me, for you than it is for me. Same thing. So anyway. Uh, so it's unacceptable what you're doing? No. What you, you, you docs, you get suspended, end of story. That's it. Elon, I have to ask, I mean, I think what everyone's wondering is it's highly unusual for journalists at the Washington Post and the New York Times to be have their Twitter accounts suspended. And right there, Elon didn't answer because he left (laughs) and they got upset with him as he left. But here's the thing is that I feel like these reporters at the end were saying it's they said it's unusual for New York Times or Washington Post reporters to have this happen. And that's true. Reporters from their news, those newspapers and the major alphabet newsletters, newspapers have been allowed to carry on with all kinds of reporting before in old Twitter and old social media. And now but they were always supportive of other reporters getting banned for having a different opinion, a different narrative than they have. That's the controversy that's behind all of this is that in the mainstream media, the people who consider themselves the gatekeepers of what might be true. Uh, They are upset when now they're the ones being accused of doing something wrong or publishing misleading stories when they've been allowed to do that and the other narrative hasn't been allowed to do that. So is Elon being fair? What do you think about that? I don't know. Everybody wants social media to govern and police the conversation and provide for safety, but finding consistency without bias is hard. Should we have, should we be publicly threatening people by doxing them just in general? So on social media, that's, we have this ability to do that. But what kinds of things do you think should remain private? 888-528-2557. Do you think that your cell phone number should be private? Like not published, not given out. You get calls all day. I get calls all day from a friend of mine named Scam Likely. And Scam Likely 
calls me seven or eight times a day. It drives me crazy. And once in a while, a call comes through and doesn't say scam likely on my phone. And I think, oh, somebody actually called and left a voicemail. I don't know whose number that is. And it's a sales pitch for something. And then sometimes I don't answer the phone because so often it is, if I don't recognize the number, because it's so often just a, you know, a sales pitch. Should we be doing this? I think we shouldn't. I think at some point you need to have your, your privacy respected. I've been thinking about this as in politics when we've had people show up on Supreme Court justices' personal lawns, when we've had people show up at the homes of even school board members who, you know, I would agree, the school board members maybe are doing a bad thing on the school board. But my thought is that people ought to have privacy in their home, that even people who may be doing the worst things, they should have a place that they can go where their information can remain private, where they can be secure, where they don't have to deal with some. I feel like even, you know, people who are controversial or maybe who have done some bad things, there should be a home, right? There should be a place. I mean, ultimately, people who do really bad things, right, they do have a home and it's a cell block somewhere, right? But, I mean, I'm just talking about regular stuff that gets controversial in the public. What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday, so we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Anything that might be on your mind, we do this on Fridays. You can give us a call and uh, talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. So you can change the subject and uh, talk about that. A Bible question, a question you've got about something going on in the world. Um, anything at all, give us a call, 888-528-2557. Right now, I'm asking the question, what's reasonable privacy for public figures? And what's reasonable privacy, even just for you and me, for regular people? I think, I think everybody deserves privacy. I think that we do. How do we do that in this world where all of our information is so easily accessible? I got to take a break. When I come back, we will uh, take your calls. And uh, it's open line Friday, so you can call about anything. Once again, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation or change the subject, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. Open line Friday. Anything that you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557 is the number. You can call right now, 888-528-2557. Bible question or something in the news that you want to discuss, or maybe just something personal, something Christmassy that you want to talk about, 888-528-2557. I've got a question. Today is the 16th. Does that mean there is nine days left till Christmas, or is it eight days left till Christmas? How do you do that count? I don't know, 888-528-2557. Probably depends on whether or not you're shopping or not. All right, Josephine in Los Angeles, welcome to SoCal Live. Hi, hello. Hi, Josephine. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Thank you, thank you. I don't know if I should call you pastor, because I heard on one of your shows that you used to pastor a church before, so I'm just going to call you pastor. Okay, whatever you're comfortable with is just fine. Thank you. Yes, so first-time caller, I do listen to you on the radio. And my question is this. um, I support, um, you know, ACLJ um, with Jay Seculo. And um, so 
there was a message sent to me about a break, breaking news that a Christian young man, a 16-year-old boy, um, was falsely accused of blasphemy in Pakistan. And my question to you is this. Do you know anything about this, um, that he was going to be sentenced um, for his faith? And I just thought, you know, um, of course, keep him in prayer. But do you know anything about this, what's going on? And is this young man, is, if you know, is this young man an American? Which it doesn't matter if he is or he's not, but just wanted to know what was going on. We're praying for, you know, this young man and his faith. Yeah. Did you get an email from ACLJ or, or uh, what was the, who did the email come from? Or the, did you get a letter in the mail? Yes. Yes. From, yes. From, from ACLJ. Yes. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a letter. It was an, a message. Yes. Like an email? Kind of like an email, but a via text. Yes. Oh, you got it on text. You know, support them and yeah, did yes, it, did the text have a link asking you for money or something? Uh, let me see, let me read. Um, no, no, it did not. Yeah, okay. You know, I just Googled it. Just it asked me to, you yeah, know, I, to support I, a petition. Yeah, there is a petition on the ACLJ website uh, that is yes. there. This person was apparently um, working, this goes back to 2017, but apparently... Uh, the trial is 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 uh, just happened in November, uh, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. So the petitions are, you know, you know, I would do that. You know, always. I think we should always be careful about things that we get with text or things that we get with email, especially if there's a link in it, um, because yeah. there it's very dangerous today. There's a lot of fraudsters out there who look really they, they look really good. And uh, it appears to be correct, but then it isn't. So whenever there's doubt, what what I would do is go to your computer and don't use the link there. Just Google like I did, ACLJ, and see if you can find it. Now, I found something on there. So you're you're always safer if you're the one who went to them. Does that make sense? So like if somebody calls you or sends you a link, you don't have to click on it. Like your bank, especially if they're asking you to enter in your information or confirm your identity, right? right? They they already know. Your bank already knows who you are. They know everything about you. They probably know where you are, right? (laughs) They're not going to ask you. Exactly, right? The IRS, they also, they they know where you are. They're they're not trying to figure out who you are, what your social security number is, (laughs) anything like Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, you know, that does look like it's probably a real story. And uh, so I would check that out at ACLJ. They might be doing some work to try to get him out. Good, good. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, so I just wanted to um, bring it also since we're on the radio, you know, to keep him in prayer and to keep all of, you know, just our whole world, you know, but especially this young man, you know, for his faith, you know, and we pray that um, the Lord has his way. Yeah. And, and thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor, for taking my call. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome, Josephine. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. You know, it puts a lot of things in perspective. When we talk about the news of the day, sometimes, you know, at, at the end of the day, we've been talking about the Twitter thing, and you know, it's it's led the news on all the stations today, all the stuff about Twitter and Elon Musk. And I say it over and over again. Most people aren't on there, but we, we cannot underestimate the power that that website has had over the the narrative, the way news is given. And um, this is the, the brave new world 
I don't know why I just said that. It feels like a bad cliche, but it's the new world that we live in where everything is changing so fast and we have to be careful. The, uh, the fraud thing is it happens to people all the time. And it happens to a lot of older people. If you're, you know, if you're older, you 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 just might be more trusting of that kind of thing, um, because you're used to a world where your phone number might just be out there and somebody's got it in their phone book that, and they're just going down the list and calling you. But you know, people are selling things or they're fraudulent uh, things. You just have to be kind of on the lookout for stuff. And if it seems too good to be true, or it just seems like there's something wrong, or you get that sense that hey, this isn't legit. Uh, trust that because you can find out if it's legit. You can always call your bank or call your credit card or call your bill collector or whoever it is, right? Give them a call. Hey, is this true? I got this in the mail. I got, I got scammed once back in the day when there was uh, calling cards. Do you remember that? Uh, for those of you who are maybe under 40 today, we're giving you a, a history lesson in old tele, you know, telephone technology. But there, you know, used to have to you couldn't. You didn't have free long distance, and if you wanted to make a long distance call from a payphone, you had to shove a lot of money in there. And and so people gave you these credit cards that were like you had a long distance company that you had to subscribe to, and they'd give you this basically a credit card, and you'd go to a payphone and punch in the numbers on that card and make your call, and they would bill you like a credit card. Well, those numbers got got stolen all the time, and it was basically your nine digit phone number plus a four digit pin at the end of it, and you know. If you had time and you knew somebody's phone number, you could just start guessing those PIN numbers, right? Or what you would do, the fraud people would call the number, call your phone number, and they would say, yeah, we're the phone company, and there's been some fraudulent uh, stuff on your account, and uh, this is what happened to me. So they called, like, at 2 in the morning. So I wake up, and I'm groggy. Yeah, this is uh, AT&T, and uh, there's been some fraudulent uh, on your account. Can you just? They said, can you just confirm the last two digits of your calling card? All right, so I did. Now, the thing is, is... Now, instead of them having to figure out what what four digits are, now they only have to figure out two digits, and uh, they did that. And then, like an hour later, I got a call really from AT and T saying, "Have you been making a bunch of uh, phone calls to Kenya?" And I said, "No, but somebody called me a while ago saying that uh, my card had been stolen." They said, "No, those people are the people who stole your card, and you fell for it," which is always a fun phone conversation to have at three in the morning. Uh, you just got to be careful. There's people out there who are doing evil and doing scams. And, and I think also you don't have to be you know, afraid. You just have to be aware, right? I, I think that it's a whole other problem when we're just afraid all the time of being taken. And uh, that, can be, that can go too far. You're listening to Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. Anything you want to talk about, you can call and talk about that today, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So many different subjects in the news. And, um, you know, um, do you have some good Christmas plans? Do you still go to movies? We we talked a while ago about what people's favorite Christmas movies are, you know, that we rent and that we uh, we do at home. Uh, have you been to the theater since the shutdown? Have you actually uh, been shocked at how much it costs? And gone to the movie theater. I'm asking that because I'm I'm curious about something. Uh, Avatar two, this movie, which I I don't plan to see it, uh, is coming out. But the first Avatar is the most. Uh, it earned the most money of any movie ever. Avatar. Uh, did you see that movie? Because the, here's the weird thing about this movie, Avatar. I thought the movie was terrible. That's just my critical opinion. I thought it was awful. By the end of it, I was I was hoping that the bad guys would win. 
I was hoping that the bad, evil guys invading the uh, planet of the blue creatures, I was hoping they'd win and wipe them all out. That would have been the better uh, solution to that movie. In fact, I thought the best character in the whole movie was a guy who's cremated in the first 10 minutes. That's the guy I wanted to know about, and he was just gone. You know, and I thought, why, do pe- why are people going to this movie? And I think it's because it was really the first movie that had come out with a modern 3D technology, and that part of the movie was amazing. I mean, you, if you're old enough, uh, here's, another, uh, here's another thing for you under 40 crowd. For 3D movies, it's actually an old technology. But when I was a kid, I remember going to see Jaws 3D. And uh, Jaws 3D, uh, and if you go watch Jaws 3 today, they'll just call it Jaws 3, you'll notice that the graphics in it are really weird, that it just looks odd. Well, the reason it looks odd is because it was actually made to be 3D in the theater. And back then, though, you had to, like, go to 7-Eleven or something and buy a Slurpee, and then you got your free 3D glasses so you could go go watch Jaws 3, <laughs> in 3D, and uh, which also was not a, not a real good movie, but it seemed like a good movie because of the 3D. I think that's what is happening with Avatar. I think people were amazed because this time you didn't have to go to 7-Eleven. They gave you fancy glasses at the theater. It was like going to an amusement park where they do this. And, I mean, it filled the theater. You felt like you were underwater. You, It was amazing. That technology was amazing. I've seen some other 3D movies since then that are okay, but it, it didn't wasn't really all that exciting. The Avatar was – it was an incredible experience. And I think that's what people were going to see because – and here's my theory. My theory is the movie itself, the script, the characters was terrible. And so I'm wondering now, with with Disney spending a billion dollars on this new one, and they're planning a trilogy, they're planning three more, I'm thinking that people aren't going to see it. I think like some people will see it, but I don't know if it's going to have the same draw as before. Do you know any of the characters to Avatar, their names? I don't know one of them. And I asked my kids at, at Halloween. We Our neighborhood had an incredible Halloween. There tons of kids coming in all kinds of outfits and just everything. I didn't see one Avatar outfit. None. Zero. I mean, there's Star Wars outfits. There's, there's Marvel outfits. There's all kinds of – there's Netflix show outfits. There's all kinds of outfits. There's somebody from everybody, right? Nothing from the, the highest grossing movie of all time. And there's nothing out there. Nobody knows anything about these characters. Nobody knows anything about this story. I just think that's odd, right? So I don't know. I don't know. Are, are you planning to see? Are you excited about it? I'd love to know. You know, is this something we should see? Is this something that's going to have a uh, redemptive value to it somehow in this movie? I don't know. Let me know what you think. 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. 888-528-2557. You can call and stay on topic or change the subject. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here with you. Get ready for a Christmas break. A lot of you are uh, kids are kids are getting out of school. I remember that as a kid. This was the greatest, right? It's not, not quite as good as, as summer vacation, obviously, but uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, to get a couple of weeks off here and uh, school. So I hope that you have some family time if you got kids around or grandkids that you get to go visit them this Christmas. 888-528-2557 is the number. It is Open Line Friday. 
and we'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about today. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And you know, somebody sent me an email. It's long uh, at that email address. So I'll try to answer maybe part of it because I think it's a it's a much bigger, bigger topic. And there's a lot of things in the email. Robert writes this. Uh, it appears that many Christians no longer believe in the gift of healing, and I can't understand why. And he was talking about a, a pastor that he listens to that said that healings happen so rarely that we shouldn't always expect that to happen and give some some uh, uh, of his thoughts about about that subject. You know, it's a it's a major uh, it's a major issue uh, for a lot of people, and I know that a lot of people listening are going to have a different opinion about it. Can I give you this to think about whenever we talk about stuff like this, particularly miracles or acts of God, you know, that that change the physics of things, right, that, that something happens. I believe that the miracles that are in the Bible are things that literally happened. I believe that God is capable of doing that as the creator, and he can do what he wants with all of that. I believe the apostles healed people, and uh, that those stories are as they said. And, you know, one of the things that I think creates some problem for some people is some of the stories that we see out there are just not really true uh, in healing. We got to be, we always have to be truthful. What I mean by that is, you know, if if somebody gets healed of a disease at the nine o'clock service and the same guy gets healed of the same disease at the 11 o'clock service, you know, people watch both services and they say, they have some questions, right, about that. We've got to stop doing that. That, you know, those kinds of things. A friend of mine who was very much into a healing movement of things, you know, there was a woman who had a story where she prayed about having um, – that God had healed her so that she could now have kids and that she was able to conceive finally and she had kids. And, you know, the – and she was going to have a kid and she was pregnant and he was all excited to have her at his church because he figured by now she must be in her seventh or eighth month or ninth month. It must be. He did the math on it. And she came and she was not showing clearly not with child. And he had to pull her aside and, and realized that the story wasn't true. Uh, but people got excited about that story and the possibility of God healing people. Well, you know, what I would say in that subject, Robert, without getting into a whole lot more of what you wrote, because we just don't have time for all that right now, is that whatever it is, whatever your position is on things like that, it's got to be true. You know, in the Bible, the the book of Acts talks about the healings are not done in a corner, meaning that it's not something that nobody saw. It's people who everybody knew was crippled. And the question wasn't, is the person healed? The question was, how did that happen? Because everybody knew the person was crippled. And somebody says, you know, how did that happen? Who did this to you? And and the crippled person would say, or the blind person would say, I don't know how it happened, except I met this Jesus and I was blind, but now I see. See? And it's a tremendous, tremendous testimony. So, you know, I think on, on issues like this, without going down the, the road of all the different uh, approaches to it, as Christians, we need to always defend what's true. And it's okay to say, hey, you know what, if this, if God's really doing this thing, if God has really acted this way, that's amazing. But make sure that, that it's really happening. It's, and if you have a sense that, hey, it's not, um, it's okay to ask that question. You know, it's, it's probably also wrong. The Bible says, you know, to test these things, it's okay to test them. And if God really does something, then, you know, is, is it going to be used to bring people to Christ? Because that's the reason. You know, when you, the reason for, for healings is, and that kind of thing is, not just so you feel better, because the best thing that would happen to you really is that you get to go be with Jesus and you're permanently healed forever. The reason for it is a testimony of the power of God, the reality of 
the Holy Spirit, the reality of Jesus Christ and the salvation that you get on the cross. See, and in the Bible, it was a it was something that proved who Jesus was and later who his apostles were. It, and it had to do with something much greater than just that one person's pain. And that's what you want to see. That's what, you know, if you're going to be healed of something, it's, it's also for you to get back out there, to uh, get back out there on the field of whatever God has called you to do and to share the gospel and to share your story of what God did for you, see. And it's not just about you. That's, that's how I'm going to answer your question, Robert, for now. I know you had a lot more to, to say in there, but uh, that's, that's something I think that, that it's always in these issues we can get in the weeds of arguing theology and arguing cessationalism and things like that. And that's a worthy discussion to have for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, if certain things are true, if it really happened, you know, if somebody is, and I've had that experience where the doctor comes out and the doctor says it's a miracle, the doctor who might even be an atheist, who says we can't explain what happened to this person, but the cancer is gone. You know, when, when there is that, then you have something. You can say, well, I don't know if something naturally occurred or if God's hand was involved, but either way, praise the Lord. And here's what, who our Savior is. And we have permanent healing through Christ, eventually. Uh, that the future is always better. The future, our future is always better with Christ than without him. And we have that great message. Good question, though, Robert. 888-528-2557 is the number. Richard in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, good afternoon. Hi, Richard. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. So what is on your mind today on this Open Line Friday? Well, I, uh, I am calling with some feedback on... Uh, Avatar. Yeah, I talked about that and in the last I had segment. No, I, I had no uh, desire whatsoever to see the sequel until I recently uh, watched the old movie. It was on television, and uh, it was a good uh, a good play for them to actually put it on TV because I, my wife and I, we watched it. We saw it years ago, and we realized it's, we remembered basically nothing about it. Yeah. And one of the big surprises is that the CGI is better than we remembered and better than most uh, modern movies. So yeah. It's that well done. But let me ask you this question. Is the story sure. any good? The story is good. And, and, and I heard you say that you were rooting for the... Uh, <laughs> I, I was. I didn't like it at all. I thought the story was terrible. Yeah. And, it you know, it's one of those stories. Uh, it's metaphorical, I, I suppose, or an allegory to essentially what happened in this country with Native Americans. And it, it's hard not to see that. Yeah, there was a lot um, of, know, and, and, uh, a lot of that. I'm not saying that, it, that it's preachy in that sense, but, uh, you know, for those who are in opposition who are essentially looking for a certain treasure that they had and were willing to destroy the people and destroy their, you know, this just wipe them out for what they wanted. And I was able to empathize with, uh, you know, with the protagonists on that. All right. And, you know, I, I'm a big action guy. I'm a big Marvel fan. And uh, the CGI blew, blows away anything that we're watching right now. And I, I was completely shocked. Yeah, see, my, so my theory is... Up for me. Yeah. My theory is it's the CGI that is why it became the biggest box yeah, office yeah. ever. It, I'd say that it was. You know, the story is not strong enough to carry uh, the box office. Right. But uh, looking back, the story did engage me, and the CGI kept me there. And, you know, the Marvel movies, for me, 
I'm a big superhero guy from day one from comic books. And so, you know, I, I eat that stuff up. But I was just surprised at how well uh, Avatar held up visually. It, it's it's actually very striking. Yeah, well, I can see that because that part of the movie was uh, amazing. And, and there were a lot of, uh, yeah, but, certainly a lot of messages in there uh, that uh, are yeah. not subtle. Um, it, 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 right, it didn't right. teach a, uh, a Christian spirituality at all, however. It didn't treat, uh, teach a Christian spirituality, but the opposition, you know, those that were there to wipe them out, yeah. certainly weren't either. Right, there <laughs> so was... I would have to, if, I, yeah. if I weigh the boat, the two of them in the balance, I go for the blue guys. All right. Okay. All right, Richard. Thank you. <laughs> All right. One vote for All the right, blue God guys. Bless God bless you. Thanks for listening to Southern <laughs> California Live. You know, I think it raises an interesting question is, um, just with that, are we so impressed with the things that, like, to me... There, there is certainly an art of movies. I think that, that film is the American art form. Most people think that. There's an article in the New York Times by, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, his last name, it looks like Doubt That. It's Do That. Um, and uh, he's their, their token uh, religious writer in there. And he was talking about how we've kind of lost the art to it um, with the idea that people don't go to movies anymore. And, uh, you know, I think that if the if the CGI is why we go but the story falls flat like uh, Robert just said uh, if the or Richard was Robert uh if the uh story falls flat then maybe it's to me that's just not that good uh you know let me uh let me just take it to you this way you know the great part about our faith is that number 1 the story is really good there is not a better story than the story of scripture and the story of salvation the story of God wanting to be with us there just isn't. Uh, that's why Hollywood at one point called it the greatest story ever told, uh, the scriptures. And it is. And, uh, you know, you didn't need CGI because you had a real guy rising from the grave and you had hundreds of eyewitnesses of a real guy rising from the grave. And, you know, it it clarified so many things. And if you're somebody who isn't sure about your faith, you're not sure about Christianity, you're not sure about spiritual things, and you get confused because of movies like Avatar that create a spirituality of different kinds, and you kind of have to then balance, well, who's the better characters, and there's the, I don't like either, but these are better than that, but, you know, the scriptures are pretty clear. All of us fall short of the glory of God. There are no good people, but Jesus Christ dies on the cross for our sins, and anyone who puts their faith in him and trusts him, who accepts that sacrifice, they get everlasting life. That's a really great deal. And that is embedded in a story that's 1,500 years, that is written over a period of time of 1,500 years with 40 different writers over all of human history. And we're coming to a point now in Christmas time where it's the dividing line of history before Christ or after Christ. And you can change that moniker if you want to. You can say current era before the current era, but everybody knows it's still before Christ and after Christ. Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. That's the greatest story ever told, Jesus Christ. And the truth of the miracles of Christ and the resurrection are why we trust it. i got to take a break. We'll be back with Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. And a major announcement in the next hour, 888-528-2557. SoCal Live, Friday edition. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.